Hey friends, are you craving connection on a deeper level with high caliber women? Well, I've got the perfect evening for you. If you live in the Twin Cities area of Minneapolis, St. Paul, or want to visit, I invite you to join me for an intimate evening of rich conversation, fabulous food, and new connections. Just send me an email at hello at barbarachurchill.com with the subject line, invite me to dinner, and I'll make sure to put you on the list to get all the information. This is happening early 2024, and you'll definitely want to be there. You're listening to episode 37 of the Create What You Crave podcast, the one where we talk about trusting yourself fully. Welcome to the Create What You Crave podcast, a place for creating the self-confidence you need to be your best self as a leader at work and in life. If you want to bring more authenticity, more boldness, more clarity, and more fun to your world, this is the place for you. I'm your host, Barbara Churchill. Here we go. Hey, hey, how are you doing? Feeling good about yourself, I hope. I am so touched by the response from last week's podcast about my experience in the Mediterranean Sea. I just want to thank you for taking time to tell me how you could relate to it and how you felt my experience right along with me. That means everything to me. And I hope you spent the week loving on yourself because you are a beautiful soul. You know, I was going to record a different topic for this week. And then I changed my mind because a voice inside me said I needed to share another personal story, one that I mentioned in episode 36. I have learned over the years to trust this voice because she always knows what's best for me. I haven't always listened to her. Hell, I had to learn that she even existed because that negative voice in my head was the loudest and the one that I heard the most. That voice never gives good advice. You have to get quiet still and listen to the voice that doesn't shout. It speaks with love and certainty. When I was growing up, my body matured faster than most girls in my school. I was wearing a bra in sixth grade and it wasn't anywhere near a training bra, my friends. <laughs> and I got teased by the boys a lot. Being raised by a mother who had her own body image issues and would buy my shirts a size too big so I didn't show that part of my body to the world made it all the more difficult for me. In my 20s, I received a lot of unwanted attention because of the size of my breasts, most of it from men. Some of it came from other women who would either ask me if I ever considered a reduction, and I'm like, uh, like that's any of your business. <laughs> Others came from a place of envy and would make jokes or comments about how they wish they had mine. And little did they know that I wished I had their smaller ones. I hated all the attention I got because of a particular part of my body. And in addition, I began to notice a difference in them. They felt like more lumpy. That's just the way I can describe it. Lumpy and bumpy on the inside. I asked my doctor about it, and he said we should just watch it and let him know if anything changed. So over the course of the next 20 years, through four pregnancies and three deliveries, I was being monitored annually. I would come into the office, and it would always be the same. Have a breast exam. He feels something he didn't like. Schedule an ultrasound. And you know the waiting on that was nerve-wracking. And then get good news from the radiologist. 
This pattern would repeat itself year after year. And my doctor decided to have me checked every six months when I told him my mom had breast cancer. I've had my boobs squished between two plates of glass. They've been biopsied with a needle using various machines while putting my body in very interesting positions. They've been biopsied surgically. I've had more ultrasounds than I can count. And I remember sitting in the waiting room on one particular occasion, waiting to go in for my umpteenth ultrasound, looking just lovely, I might add, in the open in the back gown they give you to wear. And I noticed a woman sitting near me looking nervous. We made eye contact and talked a little. She was there for a checkup to make sure that her cancer hadn't come back. We talked about our love for chocolate and how they really should have candy in the waiting room. They called her name and then we both said something positive and she disappeared into one of the exam rooms. And it wasn't long before she came back and the look on her face told me she hadn't heard what she wanted to hear. And she kind of plopped into the chair next to me. And I just grabbed her hand and neither of us really said anything. Then it was my turn and I went back. And once again, I got good news and felt an incredible amount of relief. I went back to the waiting room on my way out and noticed that that woman wasn't there. I asked the front desk if she'd left and they said she was in with the doctor again. So I went downstairs to the drugstore that was on the main floor of the clinic and I bought about a half a dozen candy bars. I put them in a bag with a note of encouragement and I left them with the staff at the desk for this woman. I hoped it would put a smile on her face, if only for a moment. And driving home, I felt so grateful for my health, but I couldn't get her face out of my mind. So many women like her hadn't been so lucky. So when I woke up one morning in January of 2009 to a voice that said, take them off, it's time, I knew exactly what that meant. This still voice said the same thing several times that day, and each time I felt a peace and calm, never shock or fear. It made complete sense to me that I should be proactive in my own health. So I made an appointment with my doctor to let him know my decision to have a double mastectomy. Well, you can imagine his face when I told him of, you know, my decision. I mean, to him, he was like, what the heck? Seemed pretty drastic. To me, it seemed pretty straightforward. We both agreed that I should consult with an oncologist to get her opinion. I think I agreed to that more for his comfort level than mine, but I was really solid in my decision. So I met with her, and she just happened to be one of the top oncologists in the country. Another moment of gratitude. She listened to my history, examined me, and said she agreed with my decision. The next step was to schedule the surgery to meet with two surgeons that would be on my team. One would remove my breasts and one would do the plastic surgery to reconstruct. I met with the first surgeon, another woman, and she agreed with my oncologist too. In fact, she told me she'd been thinking about doing the same thing for over 10 years. What? And I looked at her and I was like, um, yeah, you need to do that. You're a surgeon. I mean, talk about another moment of gratitude, right? Next up was the plastic surgeon. Yep, another woman. And I got to be transparent with you right here. 
Before I met with her, I had been daydreaming about being able to choose the size of my new boobs. And I know that sounds really weird, but I really was. I had worn a bra almost my entire life. And I couldn't wear those tank tops with the skinny straps or go braless and wear a strapless dress or a swimsuit. This was a bigger deal for me than taking my boobs off. I was excited to see what life would be like with regular size boobs. My appointment with her, I have to tell you, was hysterical for so many reasons. But I mean, they mark you up and they do all kinds of things. But I had my before picture taken. Now, how fun is this for a 48-year-old mother of three who nursed all those babies to have a topless photo taken? You know what I'm talking about, don't you? The little girls were not where they used to be when I was in my 20s, I'm telling you. Now, thank God the photo didn't show my face, just my chest, which, you know, for me was another gratitude moment. And I told them, hey, I don't want to see this on social media. (laughs) So I was all set for my surgery, had it all done, or so I thought. At that time, my kids were in middle school and high school, and I volunteered once a month at the high school booster store. I'd been doing that for a couple of years, and I worked with the same women on the same shift. And when I had everything scheduled, I showed up at the store and found out one of the women had breast cancer and was in Texas getting treatments. So we had a substitute woman helping out. After processing this news, I announced to them my decision to remove my breast proactively. None of them were shocked. In fact, they jumped right in and set up a sign-up sheet to deliver meals for me after my surgery. Now, I didn't want that. I mean, you know, I had kids and, you know, they're old enough and my husband and everything. I didn't need meals. And thank goodness they didn't listen to me. Then the woman who was filling in told me, are you ready? She had made the same decision as I did and had the same surgery a couple of years prior. What are the odds of that? She began to tell me what I needed to do to prepare, things to think about, the joy of being able to throw on a t-shirt and run out the door without a bra. So many valuable things I never would have thought of. To me, another huge moment of gratitude. The day of my surgery was 13 years ago today. So, I think it's serendipitous that I would talk about this on this podcast on the day that it comes out, the very same day as my anniversary, right? I was a little nervous because this was my first ever surgery. It took four and a half hours. And when I woke up, I wouldn't have my breasts. And I remember joking with the surgeon to make sure she weighed them when she took them off because I was only five pounds away from my goal weight. And I knew that this would get me there. Now, we both had a good chuckle over that. I mean, she thought I was nuts, I'm sure. I woke up and felt like I had a semi-truck parked on my chest. It wasn't painful. It was very heavy. I was tightly bandaged and medicated, so my brain was a bit groggy. Two days after being in the hospital, it was time to take a shower. And I was so ready because you know how you feel when you haven't showered in a couple of days. And add to that bandages and all that stuff. I just felt gross. I thought about how I wanted to react when I saw myself for the first time naked. I didn't want to be sad. I didn't want to be horrified. This was something I chose to do and I wanted to be proud of myself. So I pictured untying my robe 
and how I would look at myself in the mirror, I decided ahead of time that I would think and feel differently. I decided what I wanted to think and feel. The nurse had asked if I'd like some help, but I told her no. I needed to do this on my own. So I made my way into the bathroom, closed the door, and looked at myself in the mirror. I looked deep into my own eyes as I took off my robe and gown. There I was, stitches across the entire front of my chest, drain tubes on either side of me, and bruises across my chest. All I saw was a powerful woman who decided to take her health into her own hands, and I was so proud of her. This was the best shower of my life. I went home and my husband had to set, had already set up the recliner in our bedroom because that's where I had to sleep for the next four months rather than in our bed because of the expanders they inserted for reconstruction. And four days after my surgery, my phone rang. And when I answered it, I heard a woman who was out of breath and it was my surgeon. Barbara, I'm in between surgeries and I just got your labs back. It wasn't going to be if you got cancer, but when. I had to call and tell you, I'm so glad you decided to have this surgery. I was stunned. I hung up the phone in disbelief. What had she just said? You know, I'd never really thought deeply seriously about the possibility of getting cancer. I always had such good luck after being so worried with each mammogram or biopsy. And I don't think I ever truly believed it might happen to me. She told me I had what is now referred to as stage zero. I had lobular carcinoma in situ. This means that there are precancerous cells in the lobules of the milk-producing glands that haven't spread outside the original area, and they can become cancerous anytime. The enormity of my decision began to set in. It was the right thing for me to do. I had saved my own life. This was the biggest moment of gratitude ever. And why am I sharing this with you? Well, first and foremost, to remind you to please be your own advocate when it comes to your own health. Do a breast self-exam. Get your mammograms, no matter what your age. Don't rely on some statistical data that the AMA uses to make its recommendations. Use your own inner data, that wisdom that sometimes you can't explain, but you know you need to listen to. And on a deeper level, I invite you to get to know your inner wise self. What is she telling you that you aren't hearing? Are you just too busy listening to your inner judge to hear her? Or are you resisting what she has to say? This is what my clients discover in my private coaching practice. They learn how to make decisions faster and easier with less stress because they've learned how to trust themselves in every situation, whether they know the right answer or not. It's invaluable to them as leaders and as women. They trust that they will figure it out. Not sure where to begin? Hey, no worries, my friends. You can schedule a call with me and I'll listen to where you are now and where you'd like to go. And together, we can make a plan that is in alignment with your true desires. How to do that will be in the show notes. All right, my friends. Until next time, remember... 
I believe in you. Hey, if you love this episode and want to dive deeper into what's possible for you, I invite you to schedule a call with me where we can discuss what it takes to get out from under the weight of self-doubt and step into the real you unapologetically. It's simple. Just visit barbarachurchill.com to book your complimentary call now. Remember, subscribe and review this podcast because I really want to hear from you. I'll see you soon. Thank you.